Welcome to The Open Bell, a podcast for trumpet players by trumpet players and a cornet guy. I'm your host, Bill Stoneman, and I'm joined by my good friends and fellow trumpet geeks, Joey Tartell and the catatonic cornetist himself, Brian Appleby Weinberg. This episode of The Open Bell is brought to you by the World Trumpet Federation. There was just so much knowledge to share. How could we keep it to ourselves? And then we thought, WTF, the World Trumpet Federation. And now it's here to provide answers to all trumpet players, no matter how much you think you know. You love the trumpet, we love the trumpet, we love to talk about the trumpet, and of course, love to get totally distracted with other stuff that we think is important to the trumpet. So remember to visit us at www.worldtrumpetfederation.com or just wait for Tuesday mornings and join us here on The Open Bell to get your weekly dose of trumpet greatness. In the meantime, feel free to email us at theopenbell at gmail.com for your direct access to the three of us and to share any ideas you have for topics. We're more than happy to talk about the things that you want to hear about. And by Dylan Music. Steve Dillon and his amazing team are standing by out in Woodbridge, New Jersey, waiting to help you find your next amazing horn or help you with whatever musical needs you may have. We're thrilled to have Dillon Music on board as a sponsor again this season. They are total pros and have helped so many of us and our students over the years. If you can't make it to Woodbridge, New Jersey in person, call 732-634-3399. Say it with me. 732-634-3399 and introduce yourself to our friends Jim McCombs and Perry Sutton. See firsthand why so many people depend on them for great information, great gear, and great service. Of course, you can always just go to www.dillonmusic.com and use the promo code OPENBELL5 to get 5% off of all your accessories. Dylan Music, musicians helping musicians since 1992. The Open Bell Podcast is comprised of three segments, warming up, couple things, and no offense. We use these segments to confer, collaborate, and can information that we believe is candy for cornetists and trumpeters alike. Gentlemen, shall we? Each week, Warming Up is brought to you by Chop Saver, that perfect all-natural lip treatment created by the one and only Dan Gosling. And man, I have really become attached to Chop Saver. In fact, I'm down to one tube Uh-oh. and just this morning lost it. No. And, no. and and now all I want to do when I wake up in the morning is see your eyes, Chop Saver. Oh, no. no. I never Whoa, thought. How did you suck us into that? <laughs> wow, never, we walked right into that. I never thought that a balm like you could care for me, Chop Saver. All I want to do <laughs> in the middle of the evening is hold you tight. Not quite a day since she went away, Chop Saver, yet. Wow. She's gone, and I have to say, Joey, this get your hurts. horns. Yeah. Meet me all the way. <laughs> yes. Meet you all the way, Chop Saver. Yeah. yeah. Meet you all the way. Yeah. Meet you all the way, Chop Saver. Yeah. I could see your face shining through the window on the other side. Holy I didn't know moly. that an all-natural lip treatment like you could make me feel so sad, Chop Saver. I never thought that losing you could ever hurt so bad. I think it's going to hurt so bad soon. <laughs> We start beating the crap out of you. <laughs> Got a backing track now. But hey. Oh my God. Promo code <laughs> wow. To get 15% total off your order. Oh and you know, no. And never know the feeling oh of sadness. No. And losing your chop saver. So Go to chopsaver.com today and use the promo code. Promo Bell code. To get oh. 15% off. If Jerry Hay were dead, he'd be rolling over in his grave. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, that is brutal. <laughs> that was unbelievable. <laughs> You're welcome. 
Oh, Jerry. Dan. Hey, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Really? We were on that wavelength? We were well right done. there. Nice. Yes. Yeah, I well had done. it already typed up. Oh, wow. All right, Brian, what do you got? Well, so I thought I'd do what, what people who, like, really have it going on do for their warming up. They skip it. <laughs> what? You're passing? No. You're passing? You of course, pass real players up. don't do that. You don't pass on warming up. I do have a question for you, though. All right, um, good. We have answers. In the brass band, it's super important that oh. we play oh, marches. Goodness. And we even... Well, now, when you say important, who decides that? Essential. It's important. essential. Yeah, uh, it's by, by By what decree? Who who made it essential? It's all decrees, and there's a... There's a by by whom? Who says it's important? It's just history. There's so a double it, contest. It's important because it's been important. Yeah. I, well, actually, I think there are pedagogical reasons I think marches are important. Well, that's what I'm asking for. Um, yeah. So, But I'm asking you guys for, for your pedagogical point, standpoint. I also want you to know that there is a, in the spring every year, there's a Whit Friday contest. There's two yeah. of them, actually. Saddleworth and Teamside. Two Whit different. Friday? Whit yeah, Friday. Whit, Whit Friday. I don't know what that means. W-H-I-T. Um, right. It's Related to Whit Friday, religious Whit Friday marches, and they actually have now. It's it's evolved into. <laughs> you okay there? No, <laughs> this is good. You, no, this is the best. It. I love, I love when there's collateral damage. All right, Joey. so so Whit, Whit Friday, <laughs> yes. coming from White Friday, is the name given to the first Friday after Pentecost. Well, there we go. Okay. Right. And it's it's a march contest where all these bands, hundreds of bands, compete in these two different. Um, areas in Yorkshire and um, with your band you show up to a town you take a bus to a town and you march in to the town center um, playing a a march that's not important you get graded on deportment and you things. just said it was important not in that one then you stand around the the um, the town center where you actually play a contest march what they call a contest march um, and these typically the end start of the night, around four thirty in the afternoon. Yep, there and go. they go very late. Um, and you play your march, and the judge judges everybody. It's all blind judging, and each town has one of these contests. And so then you jump on the bus and you go to the next town. And there's all this strategy about how you get around, and people are on station, you know, um, coolers. Who's got coolers? Stuff like that. <laughs> right. right. And then they they station people at the different contests to say, oh, you should come to this one now because they'll uh, the bus line isn't very long, so you can get on because you have to show up and sign sign the form to get on the list, okay. uh, and that's the order you play in. Um, and it's really it's very intense. You play the same march. It's a very usually a difficult march, and there's some solos in the band during the march. Um, and in addition to doing that, I think that. I mean, that's, I think it's, it's a, just a blast. It's really fun to do. Um, and I also think it's important to play marches. I think it's important for wind bands in America to play marches. Um, and I think it's important, obviously, for brass bands to pay, play marches. And I have my own reasons for that. But it feels like lots of my students haven't played marches in their high school band. They played a lot of whole singer, maybe, but not right, a lot okay. of marches. Right. So talk a little bit about what are some of the reasons people might want to program marches for their band on a regular basis well that's what i was asking you well um, I, if you don't mind I, I could come at this from a conductor's as, perspective as the wagger has the local wagger <laughs> yeah look at you that. know he's you know <laughs> like he's got the, the turtleneck on there it is <laughs> <laughs> 
Hold on, let's always to ready. Hold on, I'm going to need to change you, to answer this question. Did you get your baton to answer this question? I, to, I could reach right one there from on the here. desk. It's yeah. right there. Yeah. Uh, I so I grew up in a band program where marches were important because they covered they they put you in situations to have to deal with all the fundamental stuff all the time. Right. Uh, and when I got to college and played in the second concert band for a semester or so, uh, the conductor there, we read out of the Hippodrome March book, the Carl oh, yeah. King March book, one after the other to just digest a lot of music and learn a lot of rhythms and notes, keys. So I, I'm totally a more, I always program marches when I, I go out. I will tell you as an undergrad at Eastman, we used to have, there was one day a year that was like a Sousa afternoon mm. and we put on a March concert. So the first year I was involved in this, uh, every the brass section is it's all doubled. So I get to the rehearsal. I'm like, why are there so many of us here? <laughs> and they said, oh, you'll find out. So uh, because aside from what you're already talking about, what we haven't really talked about yet is the endurance standpoint of this. <laughs> Marches do not have lots of rests for trumpets right? yeah. or cornets, depending on what horn you're playing on. So if you're playing well, even playing well, you know, you can play a long concert and be fairly fatigued. But there are, there are people that have a hard time getting through one march without, you know, horn off the face, horn back on, taking breaks and taking breaks. So not just from the, the fundamental making a great sound and playing in great time, because, you know, the other part about marches, generally speaking, once you start, that tempo stays the same. So you want to, you know, this is great metronomic practice of playing in great time. Uh, usually the harmonies are not ridiculously complex, so right. you're playing in tune is something that everyone, as a fundamental, can hear. This isn't mm -hmm. something you're really like, hey, what is that? Well, that's it's a major chord or a minor chord or a dominant <laughs> chord pretty much 90% of the time. So uh, the harmonies being, uh, the time being rather consistent, the harmonies not being all that complex give you a great opportunity for practicing uh, great time, great tuning. Obviously, you always want to be playing with a great sound. But then without that rest, that for playing for long periods of time without rest, also great practice for endurance. And and you, if you look at this, the programs where great students are coming from, right, the ones that traditionally crank out great students with great fundamentals and musicianship are doing this. They're playing marches. They recognize the value of it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, especially at the high school level yes absolutely yeah, yeah and it, i think it also teaches great articulation and ideas here, fundamentals here's the thing you don't even need to break the budget to do this because in case you're not aware of it the united states marine band president's own has redone all of Sousa's marches in beautiful in the beautifully engraved historical content all the parts and everything are done and you can download them for free print nice. music from their website spectacular and oh, they are nice. They're all in there. Um, I, I use a bunch of them with the community band in the summer, and it's just incredible when, to go are there. Are you playing in that community band? No, I wag in front wagger. of the community band. <laughs> Total wagger. Just so you know, this and you past know, year, this past year, that Whit Friday was on June second, is when that happened. This well, past year, it's a great. There are two different contests. It's uh, two different circuits. I think we should go cover that. Oh, we could do that next June. You want to head over to Saddleworth? I'm just saying. Yeah. I can hang out in, I I hang out in Yorkshire to, to go over there and watch a whole week, bunch of bands and do hang a bunch out. of you know preliminary work to get ready for it. Obviously, yeah, this yeah. sounds like a great idea. Somebody I should write a grant. We should. Okay. <laughs> the last time you did that, you caused a pandemic. I did, but also <laughs> 130 episodes later. <laughs> yes. Yes. Here we are. Oh my gosh. Here we are. All right, Joey, what do you have for us? Uh, 
I have this as I'm going to get us out of the, uh, the British brass band world and <laughs> out of England. I played one of the weirdest gigs I've ever had last night. So I do a lot of unusual things. And, you know, I know we talked just last week about like saying no, but I was contacted by someone I know. Someone I know. Oh, as I know. we say, not as we do. Someone I know. This was worth doing. Um, he called, and uh, he's the, the manager for a singer that I've worked with before in a variety of uh, uh, small, big band, big band, orchestra. He's all over the country doing all kinds of shows. And he's got a really good book. He puts on a really, really good show and said, hey, listen, we're going to be in Indianapolis and uh, we'd like to get there and talk through at, at 7 o'clock, and then we're going to play at from 8 to 8.30. And it's like a small big band. And I said, 8 to 8.30? Yeah, that's right. I just want to make sure I had it right. <laughs> I said, yeah, I can, I, I, can, I can make that work. So I show up uh, last night downtown Indianapolis, and it's essentially uh, at the convention center, which is quite large. Indianapolis is a good convention town. Uh, it's a like a convocation for artists to show themselves off and people who hire to show up and say, do I want to bring you into my series? Oh, yeah. So they're little sampler concerts. So all over the different rooms, all over the place, people are doing little snippets. You can can carve out, you can, I guess, like Bill snippets. 10 or 15 minutes or 30 minutes. And so we did a 30-minute set and people were wandering in and out. And then right after us, as we were packing up, a comedian came on and, and she was doing like a 15 minute set for people just that hire these acts. I've and now I know. I, I so they I, hired a ringer to to beef up their band. Well, no, yeah. he, he hired a whole band out of Indy because it's just him. So he hired a small big band from Indianapolis to play his book. All right. Kind of so that they could say, hey, listen, you want to bring me in? We could do a five piece band, a 10 piece band. We could do a big band. We could do an orchestra. But this is what I do. Hey, here, let's sing a little of this, a little of this, a little of this. Nice. And it was really. I mean, it was fun. It was interesting. But I will tell you, as a, as a lead player, to, to play a 30-minute sort of truncated set, it's like we finished. And I thought, okay, now let's get going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, you haven't even warmed up playing. by then. Right. I'm like, let's, <laughs> no. go. let's go. There's something weird about this. Like someone who goes, hey, I'm going to hire that, whatever it is, uh, Joe's little big band, because his lead trumpet player was amazing. And you're not even in the thing. So well, they, I don't think that's how they're considering hiring people. You're looking at the guy in the front of the stage. We're trumpet yeah. players. We always look at the back of the stage. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm saying. What yeah. if someone says, I want that band because their lead trumpet player was amazing, and then the band shows up at their wedding, and you're not there? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I should be definitely considered for that. Yeah. I don't know why you don't start. <laughs> you should start your own big band. Oh, that's funny. Scott but started was, like six. Isn't it time for Joey to start with his yeah, first Yeah, at least band? one. Yeah. Well, yeah, Scott has started a ton of bands, and then he and you have moves it, right? You have, have you he ever started bored. a band? No, of course not. Well, slacker's gonna slack. Slacker's gonna <laughs> slack. <laughs> but it was such a weird, it was such a weird gig. You know, you get up there, and the funny part was, of course, running across freelancers from all over town that are getting picked up to go play with all of these people. So, like, I That's look out the funny. side door, and there's a bass player and a drummer I know really well. You know, my good friend Lenny Foy was playing second trumpet with me. We're like, we walk out, just start running into people, because, oh, yeah, I'm playing with, I'm playing with, I'm playing with. Right. Yeah, they got this act they want to try out. But it was it was kind of a very odd environment of, like, a entertainment sampler package yeah. that you could just walk around and see all this stuff. Yeah. Like, had I known this was going on, I might have just come early and walked around just to check stuff out. <laughs> it's a live catalog. You might have seen some good stand-ups. Though. Exactly. You might see some, good, you know, very uh, entertaining material. Yeah, how was how was the comedian? 
Uh, I didn't hear a lot because we were supposed to get out of there, yeah. but they were getting right. set up. So cool. Yeah, tough that room sounds though, fun because there were like you know there tough might be room. ten people and then might swell up to fifty people wandering in and out all the time, which I would imagine as a comedian is could be pretty hard. Yeah, but it's not my. Hey, area, you, you there? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so Bill, what do you what do you got for us this evening? Well, you know, like sometimes uh, you, you know, people circle around, circle back around, or newspapers, you know, post an addendum or a correction or something, you know. So after last sure. week's episode, I was like. Oh man, there was something really important I wanted to say, and I forgot. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This is an addendum to last week. Uh-oh. Years ago, when I first started guest conducting, Mike Haithcock, who was at Baylor at the time, and I of course ended went up to in a, Michigan, a high school camp when he was at Baylor. Oh my gosh, ding what and a, ding, he's yeah. amazing. Mike. He's great. Anyway, one of the things he said was that he, when he started doing the guest conducting thing, once he took a gig one weekend, he would cross out the next weekend and consider himself unavailable. So that he was never gone back to back weekends. I remember you said that. Yeah. Hmm. And so at some point, I'm probably going to start to put that into practice. But <laughs> I just. <laughs> By the time you retire, you might start staying home I half might, the time. I might want to do Talk that. Talk to my wife about that, but, too. She's, just, she's working the next three weekends in a row. No, she needs to. Yeah, but to that's fix her that. actual job. Yeah, that's like a job. <laughs> that's not, but, that's not right. outside. Not, she's not still just not okay. conducting. No. So to be clear, that wasn't my warming up. That was just an getting, addendum. That's just getting in the way of Brian's <laughs> camping. That's, yes, right. it is. Indeed. That's why he's getting mostly upset about camping. it. No. Loves the camping. No, she should be working. All right. So the, anyway, that was just my addendum. Now my warming up. So okay. Wait, the addendum has to come after. Otherwise, you're adding to nothing. Well, it was. It was after was last week. Last week. After right. But, last you just week. Said, Chronologically that, but you just said, that's not my warming up. That's my addendum, which made it sound like the addendum is warming up, which you haven't done. And you no. can't add before you've started. My addendum to last week's episode. I don't know. This doesn't sound right. All right. But well, so I did want to talk about this. Operations problem. I, I did want to mention this. <laughs> the United States Army Band Pershing Zone was at Messiah over the over the weekend. Oh, that's right. Wow. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great band. Oh yeah, my. Those goodness. people can play. They came out of the shoots with the John Williams thing, the Champions thing, you know. Oh and sure. The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with, because the they had the chorus, the army chorus here was here with them. Right, it was absolutely stunning. I bet they sounded great in that space too. Yeah, they and the hall. Yeah, it's a hall. pretty yeah. nice hall. Uh, Drew uh, Drew Femder came out and did the um, uh, Carnival of Venice. Nice. His sound is gorgeous. Sure, hu- that's, huge an, shout that's, out. An I, that's an IU grad right there. Yeah, right. Uh, oh, Kelly nice. Corbett. Do you know Kelly's playing at all? He's I principal. Know, I know Kelly, but uh, why do I know Kelly? Man, we they met. they did this. They the next thing they did was Wayne O'Quinn's Tower Ascending, which is this beautiful piece, and, and he played this really exposed trumpet solo in it. It was gorgeous, fantastic. Yeah. Like he just sounds like a million dollars. How long has he been in the group? I'm not really sure, but man, can, but they obviously they all can play. E.J. Ramos is in the section, and another IU grad right there. Yeah, so man, those <laughs> ding, ding, commercial ding, 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 ding. for for Bloomington this morning. <laughs> I'm just um, saying. But uh, but I did want to mention that. Yeah, one of my students but, will be coming out of basic and air force from the air force basic in about three weeks. So. Just in time there. For oh, the, look uh, at that! The nine thirty two right on so, time. Um, <laughs> but what I really wanted to talk about my warming Hold up. Hold on is a this. second. Hold on. You said <laughs> I that was my addendum. No, it was an addendum and then a mention. <laughs> but you didn't say you were going to do a mention. Well, but I just wanted to mention them because they were so amazing. But here's what I really wanted to talk about. So is this your warming up? <laughs> this is my warming up, just okay. to be clear. Brian, you heard that, right? I heard that. Are this you are it. you the notary? Is, I'm going to notarize that. This, this is will the be last, the last one. This is the last thing I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Holy moly. 
So former student of mine, uh, Dr. Joe Ekman, dentist, Dr. Joe Ekman. Dr. Dr. Joe Ekman, you know, right? Friend yes. of the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He sends a, a message to Joey and I. Joey and Messenger. Me. To Joey. Uh, to I and Joey. To me and Joey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a prepositional phrase, to me. You can just take the Joey out of it. You would not say he sent it to I. Oh, I can't even wait for the next thing. Anyway. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Um, anyway, I didn't know either of these names. It's an interview with Rick Beato and right. Nuno Betancourt. Right. Right. I didn't know either of these people either. Correct. And then I went down the rabbit hole. So I, all I want to say about this is go find these interviews that Rick Beato is doing with all of these L.A., mostly guitar players, rock musicians. Mm -hmm. But the insights and what these people have to say about their time in the studio and how they prepare and how all that works is unbelievable. And the Nuno Betancourt thing is ridiculous because he's talking about it from a rock guitarist perspective but it, it would be applicable to anyone Anything. in the industry sitting in an orchestra or a big band or whatever which is why the good dr ekman sent it to us after yes. listening to the podcast he's like um they need help you know what <laughs> these guys are kind of doing the same thing you're doing but in a different way i mean he was saying the same sort of insights yeah yeah like he saw know. some he saw some good trumpet parallels there well, the main one was, just to draw you into the thing, was that this guy, who's an incredible guitarist, many say he's the heir to the, the Eddie Van Halen throne, in which, which he denies. But he said, you know, that he had this moment where he's going to get to play Eddie Van Halen's equipment on stage, his guitar, his amp, the whole thing. And he said, well, how was it? Rick Beato says, how was it? He goes, I was so disappointed. I sounded just like me. <laughs> he's like, I thought I was going to finally sound like Edward. And instead, I sounded like me. Of so, course. Yeah. And, of course, this is the thing we chase all the time with, in the trumpet world. So thanks to Dr. Joe uh, yeah, for sending that and just to try to give you all something else to listen to while you're waiting for the next episode to drop. Yeah. People want to know how they find the amount of time to do a deep dive on all those YouTube clips. Well, when you, ha <laughs> when you only have a two-day work week. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that. Wow. If you, unless you get hung up at Starbucks yeah. in the morning. <laughs> So I, you know, we've talked about this before. I, I put stuff on when I'm doing the thing in the morning. I've got the, the screen is on. Yeah, I've, but I'm playing Netflix open bell. Or... I can't listen to people talk. Well, use your headphones. You could. No, I want to listen to my sound. Wanna, Please, wanna... that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard your sound. You well, should stop. You should stop that. Stop listening the, to it. When I'm, happy with it when I'm happy with it, I'll stop listening to it. Yeah. Right. So. You're the only one that wants to listen to your sound. That's, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. It's game time. Oh, oh no. no. Oh, God. And Joey, I should have warned you about I'm sorry you had to come up with another bumper because we've oh, never done this, this before. New, new game? This is brand new. Oh, boys, God. it's time for the... The open bell spelling bee. <laughs> I think I found a way. I think we've done a spelling bee. Haven't done a spelling bee before, have we? Hold on a second. I don't this know. is We're awesome. 30 episodes in. It's hard to say. 133 to be exact. <laughs> Well, nonetheless, it won't be like this spelling bee because I think I found a way to put an open bell spin on this age-old game. Oh, no. You know, I got knocked out of a spelling bee once when I was in third grade. I believe vivid, that. Vivid memory, I believe. Well, yeah. That. Is that what you I have, said? I have a spelling bee. Yeah, I, I misspelled arithmetic, which I think was the beginning of my math problems. I think it was a multi-layered sort of thing. Okay, uh, I'm looking at music I wrote for spelling bee. 
right now on my computer. We've done well, this. Well, good. We've then you have a bumper. We, well, we just heard it. I don't remember. Um, if if I recorded what I wrote, you <laughs> just heard it. You just heard it. Yes. If we recorded what I wrote, you just heard a really nice. Double oh, B I remember the, what double it is. B on the end of it. That's right. <laughs> so I remember as I'm now. looking at five sharps. <laughs> well, anyway, what I, wrote, what I wrote. Here are the rules this time. Okay, I the, say the word. There are rules. There's six of these. You can go three each if you want, or however you want to do it. Uh, there are. I say the word. Okay. Then I use the word in a sentence, okay. and then you spell the word. That sounds reasonable. All right. Okay. Brian, you going uh, first or am I going first? You want to alternate? We could alternate. Sure. All right. Let's do that. Spelling is my go, forte. Who wants to go great. first? It's Brian's the thing I do first. best. Brian's right, going Brian, first. you're going to go first. I'm, I'm in. We'll All go right. A, B, A, B, A, B. Okay. All right. The word is beryllium. Beryllium. They sound great on that shilky, irregardless of the beryllium. Hold bell. on. Hold <laughs> on. Did you say irregardless? Yeah. Why did you use irregardless? Because it's a word. It, well, it is a word. It exists. But but it, it's a word that means regardless. I think you know why I used it. So you could just have said regardless. The only reason irregardless exists is through common misuse. Well, the only reason it exists is to push your buttons in a spelling bee. Okay, now I'm just angry. All right. Anyway, well, Brian, you're up. Brian, they uh, give you time to look it up. <laughs> now, if he I'm, misses, do I get to steal? I'm all over this. Uh, it's B R I L L I three three dots and um uh, beryllium. That's not close. Okay, Joey, would you like to steal? I would. Hold on, it's How weird. Not no. right. It's weird because uh, we've seen this on the Shoki website a lot. It's B E R Y, <laughs> but then I L L I U M, right? I have B E R Y L L I U M. You should check that. You sh Joey needs to edit the show website. It. I think you that, check it. Oh, hold on. Now let's go to the internet. Uh, <laughs> B E R Y. I have it right. -I, I have it right. B E R Y L L I U M. I thought there was an I in there. Did I screw that up? Oh, yeah. Shows up two different ways. Yeah, yours. Yeah, what you said is right, but it is on on Shilky's website wrong in at least one place. Oh, Joey's doing the did the British spelling. Are you saying Shilky's doing it wrong now? Uh, yeah, we're gonna have to call them. <laughs> I call Andy. I'll call him later. Yeah, I love it. That's right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Great. 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 Zero right. points. Zero points for either of you. I will take a point for getting it right. No, you won't. Well, Fantastic. I just want to point out, you know why I got it right? Because Paige's spell corrected it. <laughs> You're welcome. I, I don't even know what to say with Word this. number two. Pages. Busher. Busher trumpets were like a tiny egg corn that never sprouted into an oak. Okay. <laughs> busher trumpets, I like this. Because you're not talking about a bush that would be more of a bush, which would be bush, busher, bushest, or uh, you know, former presidents George, uh, both of them were George Bush. You're talking the instrument manufacturer busher. That would be a I capital am. B U E S C H E R. There you go, busher. Right, and yeah. nothing about it being a tiny egg corn. I don't know what that is. Egg corn. I, I don't corn. know. I don't know. know like an, I don't know what an egg, egg from, corn is. From an egg corn sprouts a, a large oak. That's an acorn. 
There is no I, egg corn. I think your definition is wrong and the spelling. It's B U S C H H E R. When you're walking down the street <laughs> with your girlfriend and you push her off into the bush, you push her. You, bu- you, you push, push her. her. You push her. Right. right. Come on. Where are you guys? It's B E U S C H E R. B U E. B E U. No, it's B U E. B U E? Yes. Yeah. Freaking pages. It's absolutely B U E. B U E. Hold on. And you know what Hold an on, egg let's corn go to the internet? An egg corn is? Do you know what an egg corn is? That's not a thing. It's a word or phrase that results from mishearing or misinterpreting another element. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Busher is definitely B U E. It's even better. B U E S C H E R. Busher trumpets. Egg right. corn. Egg corn. Right. Crazy person. All right. You love, egg, you love egg corns. I've made a whole thing Number about three. it. Number three. Number three, Childers. Marion Buddy Childers was famous trumpet player in the 1940s, despite being relatively unknown by many players. Say that again. What did you just say? Marion Buddy Childers was a famous trumpeter in the 1940s, despite being relatively unknown by many players. Did you say two spite? Did he do this to actually make people angry? Or did you say despite? (laughs) That's what you say. Like, don't cut off your nose to spite your face. You would say that. (laughs) Right, right. So that it's the would same be thing. to anger your face, but he didn't play trumpet to anger people. Yeah, despite being relatively unknown, like you know, yeah, you know what it is. And he wasn't known in the '40s. He was probably, I knew, yeah. him. I Check. met him in the, the '90s. Go to the interwebs. You met him in the '90s. Yeah, I think I he started. Bet. He started. All right, well, go ahead, Brian. You're Are you ready? To spell this. Yeah, spell right. it. Um, Childers, C H I L L D A apostrophe E R S. Yes. No. Correct. No. That's not correct. That's not correct. <laughs> so How's for that years, long? it sounds so right. For years I thought it was I thought people were saying Childress. Childress. No. But it's not. It's not Joey. Spell it's, it. It's capital C H I L D E R S. Yes. Marion Buddy Childers. Yes. Oh, he was. I I looked him up because I I thought, wow, I didn't think he was that old when I, I met him. I was actually shocked by it too because I remember him playing on some later stuff that I knew about. So maybe yeah. He I mean, I remember he hearing like him play in the eighties and I met, met him in yeah. the nineties. But he joined Stan Kenton's band when he was sixteen. There it is. <laughs> in nineteen forty-two, holy crap! How do you get those chops that soon? Good for him. He grew up in Texas in a big marching band. Played double G's. And <laughs> it a lot of marches. Played a lot of marches. It, 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 it does happen. It could happen. <laughs> <laughs> he just learned to compress at an early age. Stop. All right, number four. Stop it. Number four. You guys are gonna like this one. Put the editor on the spot here. Akinmuzere. <laughs> when people hear Ambrose Akinmuzere for the first time, they are often blindsided by his abilities. Wait, blind. <laughs> well, that that is that is a word. That is a word. You know, they're caught off guard. They're blindsided they by it. Right. That is what that means. Sighted. No, sighted. That's what I said. <laughs> blindsighted. No, they're blindsided by his. You they know, can't be people blind say it all the time. and be sighted. <laughs> now I Are do you know how spell to spell this or not. Yeah, I do know how to spell Ambrose's last name because I remember the first time I heard his name was after he won. Uh, the I think it was the Carmine Caruso jazz competition. He wasn't really like big, big name, big name at the time, right. because one of my former students who had just graduated called me, 
and said, okay, so I was at the Carmen Caruso thing. I said, how'd it go? And I always have rules. You know, the rules are you tell me three things. First, tell me how you played. Mm-hmm. And he's like, listen, things are going really well. I thought I played really well. I had a really great time. And he said, two, I need you to write down this name and go look this up. And he yeah. gave me Ambrose's name and said, that's the guy who won, but I got second. And then he said, he said, I've been transcribing his stuff off his websites for the past six months, and then I got to meet him, which was kind of cool, as he was a little bit older at the time. Well, he's still a little bit older than my former student. But his last name is uh, capital A-K-I-N-M-U-S-I-R-E. Yes. Yes, Ambrose Akinmusere. Yeah, and yeah. that and it's is been... a remarkable musician. Oh, wow. He's, he's completely amazing. Because I had not uh, heard the name. So that day, I'm like, okay, I'll check him out. So I go to his website where he had lots of stuff, started listing. I'm like, holy crap, let's start buying some records. Yeah. Uh, he plays on nice. a Brad Meldow record on the first track. I think it's, what's it called, Gabriel's Garden or something mm-hmm. like that. It's phenomenal. Yeah. If you don't know his playing, check it out. Yeah. Okay, good job, boys. Uh, number five, only two left here. Okay. Ready? The Zuti. You should give yourself some leadway when trying to sound like Alan Vizuti. Lead leadway? You know. What do you mean give yourself some leadway? Some you mean leadway? Yeah, people say it all the time. Some leadway. They way. say leeway. You're not giving them like some lead trumpet parts and way to play them. <laughs> leeway. <laughs> all right, you're gonna get this right. I have watched I have seen I'm I have all seen over this, this one. And Doc Severinsen's name misspelled in, in promotional materials, posters, tickets, wow. and then people's own bio saying that they played with them. These are the two big trumpet players that get misspelled all the time. Yeah. No, no problem. I'm all over this. Oh, here all it right, comes. Ready. This is uh, Alan, right? Alan yeah. Vizzuti. Now, do you know how um, he spells Alan? <laughs> A bonus no. question. All right. You ready? We're ready. It's mm-hmm. V-I-S-Z-O-O. Oh, my. T T E A. <laughs> Painful. Viz- Alan Vizuti. This actually Vizuti. turned out to, to be the best part of this. Brian's actual spelling. Now, do you know how he spells Alan? A-L-L-E-N. That is correct. It is A-L-L-E-N. That's right. Mm-hmm. No, but Vizuti is actually two double letters in there. That's a capital V-I-Z-Z-U-T-T-I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not how you spell T. <laughs> You're so British. Well, you're right British, now. right? Because <laughs> if you're a so golfer, British you would have gone T E E if you're a golfer there. I just use the British programmatic spelling. Yeah. That's All right. Okay. One more. This is the last one. All right. I'm stealing. Oh, no shot. <laughs> Chickowitz. Many oh people. God. Many people use Chickowitz studies when they are trying to home in their skills. Did you say home in? <laughs> <laughs> they're not putting their, you know, their they're not their, putting their skills inside of a house like a home. pigeon like a no, pigeon the, yeah like a no, pigeon no they're not bringing them to a house they're honing honing they're, bringing, they're homing them in they're bringing them no, home that's not what they're doing they're honing they're fine-tuning them no one is I, homing their skills i brian's ready no it's just mine i just love oh time. he went yeah, last time I, he screwed I'm up the zooty i get chickowitz and this is my boy after all this yeah. this is so, the word that joey spell corrects me on more than any other thing and this know is he, a, yeah, he this corrects be, everyone on everything this might be more misspelled than vizuti and severance and combined that's I'm true sure. I that's thought why it's on the list yeah. yeah so that is a capital c i c h o w i c z chickowitz sitch o wixie <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Have you guys well heard said. of these studies? These or as Brian, would, studies? As, as Brian would say, 
C H I C K O W I X. Chicka Wicks. Of course. Of course. Chicka Wicks. Are you kidding? Uh, Brian, I'm so sorry you didn't That's get a chance worked. to spell that one. How did I w- do? Did I win that? It was a it, close one. It's close. Let's just leave it, it was, at that. It was it's close. close. It's It was close. All right. It was, it was a nail biter. <laughs> All right, boys. Time oh for a couple God. things. So from time to time, people make requests of us in hopes that we might cover specific topics. Today's topic came about by such a request that I want to give credit where credit is due. While at the ITG conference this past year, I met Dr. George Carpton IV, who is the new professor of trumpet at Ohio University, replacing one of my trumpet heroes, of course, John Schlaubach. So George studied in Tennessee, Pennsylvania, and in Cincinnati, and lists our very own Dr. Scott Belk as one of his teachers. Uh-oh. Nice. Hold but on. Despite that, oh, we like, I like found. Him anyway. Do you mean you mean to spite that? But to, the, the, in this case, I do. <laughs> I found him to be an enthusiastic professional with a warm and engaging personality. And George is a listener of the Open Bell, so I thanked him for that. And of course, said if there's anything you want us to cover, let me know. And without hesitation, he suggested we do a show on our first years as professors and talk about the things we wish we would have known. And so here we are. So, Dr. Carpton. Thank you for the suggestion, and I hope things are going well in Athens. Now, of course, we like the way we did it. <laughs> I'm happy with the way I taught yeah, it. I'm happy with the way I taught it, <laughs> the way I professed it. Yeah. yeah I've but, come a long way since then, I hope. Oh, man. Because I committed it, a lot of errors. Of course. I mean, we're all going to. We all did. Of course. You yeah. know, because there's no training for this stuff. I think that's where I kind of wanted to start. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Most of the time when you're coming into, and we're talking about, we're talking about college teaching at this point. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Because if we're talking about, you this know, this also public, works public for school public school teaching. Public school teaching. But, yeah, public, but, some, but public some school teaching errors. does have a student teaching component in the degree, which is a good way it's an entree. into it. It's, right. a it's, it, it's a good entrance yeah. ramp. Not that yeah. anything really prepares you. You know, every first year teacher gets in and at some point thinks, Oh my gosh! What has just happened? Right, I had no and idea. that's a total reasonable thing to think. And in that in that vein, it, public school teaching does prepare you to a degree for this. It, it does it put can, some things in place. But a lot of people that are doing what we do right now, myself included, mm-hmm. never did any public school teaching. Right. right. You know, some of us come out of you know essentially performing careers, and they're like, "Hey, you seem to know what you're doing. You want to come teach college?" And right. I'm like, "Yeah, of course, that's what I want to go do," but there is no training for college teaching yeah so walking in the door the first thing and and, as maybe we shouldn't have to say this for trumpet players the first thing i want to think to talk about is i think every first year teacher in whatever they're doing has that thought of oh my gosh i'm not qualified for this there is that thought in the back right. of your head of like, how, mm-hmm. especially if you're young. Like, you know, uh, I no. watch a lot of our, our, our kids graduate and then start teaching like middle school or high school band, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, I was a student last year. How am I in charge of this? <laughs> you know, like what, why yeah. am I, you know, four years ago I was in high school band. What the heck? How am I supposed to be in charge of this? So uh, first the idea is to go in with the ownership of it, to go in, walk in the door with the ownership <laughs> of this is what I do. I'm in charge and I'm ready and I'm qualified and I'm going to be able to do this. Like Absolutely. And that, that goes with what I want to say is the first thing. I mean, go with your strengths, right? Go with what you know going in. And the first thing that you can care for and make sure is right is your studio. Take care of those students. 
make sure that they have what they need and that they're happy because that's that's going to be a great starting point. And it is something you're comfortable with and can manage. And it can be super difficult to to make sure that they're happy if you're on the heels of some beloved professor and she's just retired after teaching for 35 years and had all these students going into graduate school and winning jobs and going into teaching positions. And you come in there and you're like, so here's the new law. Well, just uh, no. <laughs> be yeah. careful. Yeah. As someone who came in here as Marie Spitziali moved to Rice, <laughs> that's who was yeah. my predecessor. Yeah. My predecessor here at IU is Marie, who, of course, she wasn't here that for that long. But anywhere Marie goes, she's immediately beloved because, well, she's awesome. What's yeah. the Kobe Bryant line? So. You can wear those shoes, but you'll never fill them. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> right. So uh, there are a couple things to think about, especially going into college. Um, one, what you're saying is exactly right. Go in there with the go with your strengths and realize don't try and be someone else. Right. Because if I came in here and tried mm -hmm. to be Marie, I'm going to fail. Right. We, we've now, talked about this before. You know, you have to be authentic. Right, Students you want to be authentic. But yeah. also realize that these you have to, your first four years four years mm -hmm. are not fully yours right nope because you do want to meet those students where they are and you do want to do what you think you're doing you can do best for them but those students have all had a different experience so it's a lot like i think of this and i i, I as you guys know i don't like to compare ourselves to athletes but in this case comparing ourselves to coaches makes sense when we look at college coaching I think every college coach coming into any program should have a at least a five-year contract. Look at that, the 953 right on time. I couldn't um, get to the mute button fast enough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they should have a five-year contract because it's not until that fifth year all the players have come in for that coach. Yep. Mm -hmm. And the same thing applies to studio teaching. Yep. Until you've been there four years or five years, all of those students are not students that you brought in and started with you as their professor. I, I had the same experience when I was teaching high school, you know, took over a band program that was had a marching man that was super successful, then crashed for mm. three years, you know, and, and actually was interviewed by the newspaper. And they said, you know, um, wow, what's what's going on with the band? And I'm like, well, this takes a while. Give us three years. We'll be we'll be fine. And sure enough, three years later, we won a championship. And the right. same reporter came back and said, how did you know that? <laughs> well, I didn't know for sure, but I, I knew that I knew how the cycle went. And, right. you, and know, you knew you, you know had confidence in your abilities and thought yeah. once I'm doing this my way and build it. Mm -hmm. Because I will tell you that the, the studio like I'm taking myself as an example. You know, Marie and I are wildly different trumpet players and wildly different trumpet teachers. Now, I, I have nothing but the utmost respect for Marie. I think she's amazing. Right. But the students that are going to go choose to study with Marie and the students that are going to go study, choose to come and study with me, there's, uh, there's some overlap, but not enormous overlap. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when I'm coming into what Marie left me, some of those students, there's some shuffling around at the time of like, oh, hey, could I and could I and some shuffling. So I get here. I'm like, these are my students. Let's go. Now, to be fair, one of those students, I, I just I, I really tried hard. And at the end of the first semester, wasn't signing up. And I was always you know, I was trying and reaching out and, go, and then came back for second semester, went down to the undergrad office and said, hey, can I check on a student? I'm sending out emails. I'm reaching out and they are I haven't signed up for a lesson and I haven't had any contact. They said, oh, step into the office. Oh. Well, that student had been struggling academically, and I didn't know that. 
and mm-hmm. had also been struggling trumpet wise. That student had just chosen, I'm not coming back, and hadn't talked to anyone. Yeah, they right. said, yeah, we've had this problem across the board. It's not just your class. Yeah, but some of the other students were like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. But I saw a marked shift at year four, because yeah. then suddenly, every student in the entire school has come in with me in the job. Yep. So right. then they don't think of you as new. Uh, maybe have any doubts or worries or but what about the person before you know which are just natural things positive or negative like comparing you like oh i like you so much better or i liked her better than, than you you know those things are just going to happen they're part of the landscape don't worry about those don't worry yeah, about the positive or the negative just let that go and give yourself that time that longer period of time to be successful and know that it's going to turn around it's not going to happen in a year no it's it just, it's going it to take isn't. four that's yeah. the hard part of teaching college, the, uh, going into your first year thinking, I'm going to go take over the world. And even if it goes great that first year, and I, I think my first year here went really, really well. I walked out my first year thinking like, well, I really like this place. Boy, these students are really going to really like this. There was a huge, uh, there was a big shift at year four. At year yeah. four. Like, and they're all oh, your suddenly, people. boom, I'm part of the landscape. Yeah, right. But it yeah. takes four years at a college for you to become part of the landscape. It's the Mr. Holland's opus thing remember that movie i there are so many problems with that movie i oh, don't know that we can talk problems. about that yeah. there are there are but this idea that you go in as the new teacher and you're afraid to walk down the hall and then ultimately in a short period of time you know he ends up running the place of course right. because that's just kind of where it goes but you have to be patient about that and and i think this idea too there there is something about connecting with staying connected if you can if it's possible with the teacher that was there before you especially if it had been many many years and they built the program there's right ways to stay connected or show reverence or involve them in such a way that it's it's cool with everybody well that's something to consider if i can go back to my experience here i'd never met marie before i started here oh wow so it was uh maybe the middle of june beginning of july and my phone rings looks like a real number so i answer it it was 2003 we still did that then (laughs) it's like joey marie spitziali i hope it's okay i called you john give me your number and she said first Congratulations on the job. You're going to love it there. Um, I just want to give you a heads up, like, because, you know, a lot of these students here, and we talked for about an hour. Oh, wow. You know, and I, I, we had still hadn't met in person until maybe the following year, and we've become very, very close. You guys have seen. I mean, she's, she's awesome. close with everybody. Yes. Uh, yeah. she, she's a <laughs> hugger, which is hard for me. Um, <laughs> but, we know. That's why we hug on. you every time we see you. This is the, the least Italian thing I know, you know, I know. I'm, I'm just not a hugger, but, uh, uh, but yeah. she was like, okay, so this person and this person and this person and this person, you know, and you know, I'm not saying to write off those students. Some of those first students I had, I am still close with to this day. Uh, well, for example, uh, you guys know, Dr. Sarah Herbert, we've talked about Dr. Herbert before. Yes. Sarah, Sarah was a junior, my first year here. And she had spent some time not with Marie, but with Ed Cord and thought, Hey, I would think, and Ed's like, yeah, absolutely. And so she did the second half of her undergrad with me. We're still in touch. Like actually she just sent me a video this past weekend. Um, so it's not like you can't connect and have that relationship, but I'm saying you're not part of the landscape, but maintaining those relationships, if possible, Mm-hmm. Yes. is a great idea because you might think, well, I'm coming in. This is mine. If you're thinking that way, well, you're not thinking like a teacher, right? This is what is all the, the first your first thought is always <laughs> what is best for those students? Always. That's the goal. And and if the students had a great relationship with the person before and that person is open to having some communication involvement and, and keeping that going. Oh, my gosh. That's what's best for the students. 
Right. So make sure you yeah. do that. That's what Bill always talks about. That's your filter. That's the, the one. What you put everything through that That's filter. The one right. filter. Uh, to that end, um, I, I would encourage you early on to get to know your colleagues. They might mm -hmm. be they might be really good about reaching out to you and doing that, but they're also busy and have been they're in there and have their routine. So don't be afraid to make the effort to be the person that kind of mixes things up. And not just not just your teaching colleagues. Uh, as you guys know, I'm yes. now, I've been director of undergraduate studies for, for a few years here now. I think one of the reasons I ended up in this job is when I had questions when I first got here, I did not pick up the phone. I did not text or send an email. I went to that office and said, mm -hmm. hey, I have a question. How do we do this? Hey, I had a student ask me this question I don't know the answer to. This is supposed to be the office. What do we do here? And in that yeah. way, got to know uh, not only a lot of all of the faculty, but all of the staff as well. So just this week, we had a we now have here because uh, when I when I started here, and I don't think it was that long ago. I mean, this is my twenty first year, but it was sort of like here's your office. You know, you go teach. Uh, we'll check in and we'll have tenure time in six December. years from now. You yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> but now we have we have some new faculty resources, including some new faculty lunches where they just have representatives from across the school come in. And uh, so I was there for the undergraduate office, and one of the advisors was there for the graduate office. And, and I said exactly this. Hey, if you have any questions, please come ask and come drop in. The staff would absolutely like to put a name with a face. They already know all your names. You know, all the new faculty, we know who you are. We'd love to meet you. Please come down. This is what I did, and I think how I ended up here. And the advisor from the grad office said, oh, yeah, this is what. Yeah, Joey was one of our favorites. Like, he always just would come down and say, hey, what am I supposed to do here? Yeah. Right. You know, and That's then funny. you meet those people, and then you create really good relationships that way. I did the same thing because our registrar's office used to be right across the parking lot here in Old mm -hmm. Main. So when I started this, the chair job in particular, I was like, you know, I had a ton of questions. So I'd walk over to the and it got to the point where they they just call me Bugle Boy when I walk in the room <laughs> over there. Jill and Joanna, the two ladies I had to talk to all the time. Bugle Boy's here. Yeah. <laughs> More questions. When yeah. I used to yeah. go to the undergrad office, the undergrad advisor, you guys know Aaron, who's still here, right? Uh, she yeah. has mints. She has mints on her desk, so it's worth dropping in, grab a couple mints. But exactly. Angie, who's been the graduate graduate side recorder for several years, always has some like little chocolates, little candies there. So hey, bonus, drop go. in. Hey Angie, I got a question. Hey, as long as I'm here, maybe one of those little Reese's cups might come, yeah. come with me. <laughs> well, the the cross campus thing is huge, especially when it comes time. You know, th this is the thing I thought about this morning. You know, early on, like you, Joe, you just mentioned tenure, right? You're not even thinking about that. You're, th you're in survival mode. But it's worthwhile to take a look down the road to see what your requirements are for promotion and tenure mm -hmm. <laughs> and how you might start to just incrementally put those things in. And here, and I think this is common in lots and lots of places, you need to have uh, letters of support from faculty outside your department. Mm-hmm. So you better know some colleagues. Got to know colleagues, yeah. Because by the time I went up, they said, so is this going to be? I'm like, well, let's see. Uh, I performed at all the bands. I performed at the marching band. I performed at the jazz bands. And, yeah, I've been talking to those theory people. I had some questions about that. I said, yeah, how many? I don't think this is going to be an issue. No. You know, but there are some faculty that you can get kind of, I need to do only my job and only my job, only my job. And it comes around like you haven't met anybody. Nobody knows who you are. This is right. not a you're, you're not being a good colleague at that point. Yeah. You yeah. want to be not just doing what you do. Like we teach trumpet. That can be fairly narrow. It can be. Yeah. Yes. But but if you're working <laughs> at a if you're working at a college university, 
wow, uh, you should know what your students are doing. You know, there are music history and music theory professors that are really important to your students' education. You know, the music education faculty, man, you should know these people because they know your students. They're well, also invested in your students. Yeah, and a school like mine, where we're, we're part of a much larger school within the university, so my a lot of my colleagues outside of the Department of Music are humanities. Right. You know, yeah. and, and, and other areas where... You know, it's been healthy for me to absolutely get to know some of those people. Let's talk about that for a second, because let's talk about the, the ugly, ugly, ugly truth. And I'm going to say this, mm -hmm. and people are going to, they're not going like to be helpful, for it. though. Mm -hmm. You're going to be asked as a junior faculty member to serve on committees that you're going to think, come on, what does this really have to do? Because they're mm -hmm. going to be university-wide or college-wide outside of just your department or even music. Yep. Serve on those committees and actually be involved just say yes however yeah. screw up just enough <laughs> that you don't ever that you're never asked to be chair uh no i will tell you I, I, you know i was saying yes long days and one of the things that happened to me that i'm still not sure it actually happened i think it was my third year here the trustees decided that all IU students have the same general education requirements, which they didn't at the time. It was left kind of to the schools. So we're going to make a big, giant general education committee from the whole university oh. and in, and have each component separately. So I was assigned to this as a junior faculty member. I'm like, okay, sure. So I was assigned to the Natural and Mathematical Sciences Subcommittee, uh, part of the thing. So I show up to the first big meeting, and then we break off into our subcommittee meeting, and I'm sitting next to the chair of the math department at Indiana University. Right. Mm. That's he awesome. Says, he says, you're from music, right? I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, all right, listen, a couple of us have talked. There are about 12 of us in this subcommittee. We think you should be chair of this. And I said to him, oh. and I'm not kidding, I firmly believe myself to be the least qualified person at this table to be on this subcommittee. <laughs> yeah. And he said, what? I said, what are you talking about? You're a math guy. And he said, right. But you're not going to be bringing any courses to this, most likely, right? I said, no, of course not. He says, right, you're unbiased. We're all going to be bringing courses. You're in charge. Wow. Yeah. There it is. Oops. But you made great connections doing that. I made great connections. And the committee thing is terrible. Yes. Right. It's awful. It's a, it's a lot of time. It's a and lot. It can be really frustrating. But, but you can also it, pave the way for your own promotion and tenure by knowing so many people and doing and good work. And you can actually mm -hmm. do good work. Yeah. Well, and you depending know. on the structure of the tenure and recontracting process... Um, people in other departments who know nothing about music will be passing judgment on whether you're qualified to get recontracted, get promoted, to get tenure. Mm -hmm. And it's worthwhile remembering that when you're writing your documents. Um, it's also worth remembering that if you're a tenure track person or if you plan to stay at your university for a long time, the people on your committee and the people in the offices next door and down the hall are going to be with you solving problems for 30 years. And mm -hmm. they want somebody who they can work with. And if you're cantankerous or difficult or you don't have solutions or you're unwilling to talk things out, put in the time, that's going to be a very difficult vote on a, on a panel. Right. Yeah, yeah. I realize, and, and, and I know we're talking about like that first year. So when you're coming in the door, realize that a committee of people has now made a choice to invest in you, and yeah. at that point want you to succeed. Right. Yeah. So yep. 
you think go in with that idea of like these people have said we want you to do this so right. go in thinking all right i'm going to do my best to do this because if you go in positive attitude doing the work right and you're you're somebody people want to work with it's hard to get fired yeah now right. if you go in the door with the don't you know who i am well i'm certainly not doing this i'm just going to show up here teach my lessons and go home on the I'm way sure you all door. wonder why why and, a person like me hey would. i want to be honest and fair here every every job you work at you can find those people yeah you can find you can find those people and, and this is one of those things i didn't understand when i was really really young that every any job that you're thinking of right now as a dream job there is someone in it that is miserable in it Right. It's yeah. amazing yes, to think, of course. you know, like yeah. I, yes, have, I have I have a great job. I teach trumpet at Indiana University. This is a great job. There and you're are... miserable. No, <laughs> you're a miserable fool. no, I love my I love my job. Of course you not do. That, not that there aren't uh, things that we can always complain about. We, all have, find, right, we yeah, have the like receipts that. to prove it. Right. But there are people on the faculty of Indiana University. This is a great place. It's a great place to live and it's a great school to work at that are just miserable here. And I've played with some of the best orchestras in the world, and people are like, but yeah, if you were playing, you know, in that orchestra, obviously it's all unicorns and rainbows. And there are people like, all right, when's rehearsal? When can I get home, get on my <laughs> Just right, miserable. Yeah. That's their day gig that they're just doing. So any job. So you want to be the person that is like, all right, I, I applied for this job. I went through a search for this job. And now I've been awarded this job, which means I'm going to go in trying to do my best in this job. Yeah. You got to go in starting that way. And part of that, I think, is, and this is this is really in the weeds here, but learn your governance systems early. Like, yep. learn what it takes to get curriculum change. There's processes, and then a lot of times, they're a pain in the butt. But if you learn them, a lot of times they're uh, always they're always a pain always difficult. Yeah, let's just be always. fair. They're always but a you, pain in the butt. But that knowledge allows you to leverage those things <clears throat> and use them to your advantage. You, just, you, I mean, you agreed to, like you're saying, Joe. You know, you you signed on the dotted line, so you're agreeing to work within this system learn that system whether it's how you can rent a van so your students have transportation or how you can get the curriculum changed you know for one of your ensembles dig in and learn that stuff and right. i think there there are also two fine lines to walk you're being hired as the expert in your field right and depends on the size of your school joey has two other co trumpet colleagues um but here i'm the only trumpet person so um i'm the expert at this so they're they're looking to me for direction in that division and for right. help at the same time. If I'm telling them how stupidly they've done things for the last 20 years all the time, that's insane, right? Yeah, they, right. they know that it's not what they envision, what they want. They want help making it better. Yeah. Um, so we're, you know, collaborating and working without pointing figures. How did you let this happen um, for all these years? This is a stupid way of doing things. Um, that's probably not the best approach. Right. And that that expertise, right? We are considered that. That can be a valuable Shockingly. resource for the university, right? Like when the president here has said, will you provide music for? Yes. It didn't matter right. what it was, right? Yeah. Can you have trumpet players here to play a fanfare for the opening of this new bathroom? Yes. yes. You know, whatever. We'll be there. No like, problem. We'll be there. We, we'll say yes to this stuff and we'll do it and we'll, we'll be in service to the institution. Um, but... That well, yeah, part just, of la just last weekend, uh, uh, Jason, John, and I all went and played with the marching band. Right. It, it was, was lovely, awesome. by the way. The video was fantastic. It yeah. was very cool. Yeah, we yeah. played the halftime uh, up in Lucas Oil Stadium, which was kind of mm -hmm. cool to be in there and get on the field. And 
We did end up losing to Louisville. Um, but we did start some good <laughs> trash talking early in the morning when the Louisville <laughs> band came out. Uh, you guys know Reese Land. You guys know Reese yeah, Land, right? Because Reese, Reese teaches yeah. trumpet at Louisville. Well, we yep. all know Reese and went, well, we're here in Reese, isn't We should start some trash talk. So we texted him. <laughs> hey, man, we're here supporting our kids. Where are you? <laughs> Reese, Slacker. of course. Reese, if you don't know, is the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> yeah. I actually said to Jason, he might be as nice as you because Jason Burton is also <laughs> super nice guy. Yeah. Uh, that's where I got the video I told you earlier that uh, Dr. Sarah Herbert had sent a little video. Mm-hmm. That afternoon, they were working together. So Sarah sent oh. me a video. They're oh, like, no uh, at a gig, and Reese is like, see, Joey, I told you, I'm working here, right here with Sarah. You know? <laughs> so, it was awesome. That's beautiful. That's good. But well, yeah, these, yeah, that's but that as much fun as that was for us. That's service. Yeah, that's our that's our band department and and the, and the marching band and the majors and non majors in there going. Hey, look, the trumpet teachers are here. This matters. Yeah, well, it's those personal connections, right? That you're making with students and colleagues. And I, I think about like I don't know if our IT department does this, but I imagine at the end of the year they sit around and have a secret meeting and vote on who's the biggest pain in the butt on the faculty, like right. And I think uh, I've uh, won. It's an ongoing. It's an ongoing vote tally. Uh, it's on I, the wall there. I don't and, know that yes. ours has an actual vote, but I have a very good relationship with our IT music IT people here. Right. I have heard stories that I didn't believe, and they're like, "I promise you, this is exactly yes. what happened." Well, so those yeah. people are talking. Uh, <laughs> yes. I always go in there, hat in hand. Craig, the, the one guy that's really in charge of things over there, I I call him, pick up the phone, and I go. It, it, don't hang up. It's Bill. <laughs> Please don't hang up. Exactly. Um, but, you know, things like that, places, folks on campus who, without whom you're dead in the water. Yeah. You, you need these people and, you know, should go without saying, but make connections with them. Um, and you I will wanna, learn the lesson the hard way if you decide you not to do yeah. that. Uh, I want to throw another one out just to make sure that it's said here, um, especially in a new job, because it seems like a little weird, but connect with the alums of the program sooner rather than later mm-hmm. start to build those mm-hmm. connections and just be in the process of that so that as your own students you know start to graduate that you're starting to build some connectivity across the years because you never know when you're gonna you know they can might be there as a resource to support what you're doing with your students right and so. at a place here i found that um well staggering because uh, the the trumpet legacy yeah. here was uh kind of amazing and when i first got here i was in the the round building uh which is historically i guess since the dawn of time the third floor of the round building is where trumpet players practice and in the round building er, early on i'm just in there on the weekend practicing like i normally would and there'd be a little knock on the door you know and i go answer the door and there's somebody my age or older saying you're joey right hi boom 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 class of i was just back in town i was doing some practicing and all of them said the exact same thing Smells the same up here, which I always yeah. had, kind of funny, kind of funny. But I, they, uh, once it smells they like were, valve oil and fear. Yeah, oh, they yes. were great about it and, and very welcoming. All right, so you're new here, like uh, how things going and blah blah blah. So, but and it could be easy for me to say like, well, you aren't my student. Who the you know? Right. No, make no, those, those connections. Make that happen. It's, it's, it is very good because you want to you want to create that idea of this is a great place to come. Yeah. It's hard to look that far down the road again when you're just in survival mode trying to fit, learn your job and learn people right. and all that. But it's good to step back and think about it. Right. Well, just and you be may be, open. You may be asked to teach something outside of trumpet. Depends on how healthy the studio is. I, I, when I first came here, there were 11 majors. Full-time is 18 majors. So 
I was doing other stuff, right, yeah. including teaching 20th century music history. Right. Well, I taught choral I, arranging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I taught. Yes. I taught sight screaming and ear straining. There you go. And right. uh, a lot of music ed stuff and yeah. conducting, believe it or not. And uh, and then I shocking. We believe it. Everyone believes it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, through recruitment, got my job whittled down to what I, you know, the things I really wanted to do. Right. So, and that's possible. And that's good too. You know, have a vision for what you want that what you want your job to look at. You know, yeah. ideally. So, All right, I think we did good work with this, boys. Yeah. Uh, it's time for no offense. If you think you know everything there is to know in your first year of anything, not only are you not giving yourself a chance to succeed, you're simply doing it wrong. Unless you're going to do what our good friend, Dr. George Carpenter the fourth is doing and asking the most vulnerable questions. No offense. You're doing it wrong. Oh yeah. You walk in saying, Hey man, new sheriff in town. I know yeah. what's going on. Everybody get in line, do it my way. Wow. You're, you're not only doing it wrong, you're, you're, you're going to alienate everyone. You're not going to have anyone that wants to work with you and you're not going to last there very long. Yeah. That's right. Go into that first gig ready to learn a lot, make a lot of mistakes, ask a lot what, of questions. That's the, that's the thing I don't, I think I said your first year, you, your entire first year, you should make zero suggestions and ask all the questions. Yes. Because then you uh, might walk in going, hey, this is stupid. We should do this differently. There may be reasons things like that are in place. Also, there may not be. So you ask the questions, hey, why do we do this this way? So that yes. in year two, you can come back and say, hey, I've been thinking about this. Would we be open to maybe changing some things? Or they go, well, listen, this, this, here's the history. And you're like, oh, crap. So we're kind of stuck there. Okay, yeah. well, let's, that's a long term. That's Make no road. suggestions. Ask all the questions. That's year yeah. one. Yeah. Don't talk in meetings. Cone of silence. My yep. colleague calls it yeah. the cone of silence. Yep. Remember, it's, it's better to, to be silent and be thought of as stupid than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Remember that. Correct. Remember that quote. <laughs> but really it is better to be perceived as someone who wants to get it right, not as somebody who thinks they know And everything. is doing it wrong. You want to get it right. We all have uh, those colleagues. We do. Yes, we do. All right, boys. Well, that should about do it for today. Stay tuned. Tell your friends and neighbors and ask a lot of questions. So long for now. Remember to keep an open mind, but more importantly, an open bell.